Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome people in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or find us on Facebook by searching for Gone Boss. In the studio with me, I have Val Abram of Abram's Painting. How are you doing today? Well, I'm here, and I'm six feet above, so it's a good day. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Number one, tell me all about Abram's Paint and how it got started. Wow, that's a loaded question. I, I've been painting for many, many years, and a lot of people didn't know that. And then when I went into uh, my other career, I painted on the side, and then it just kind of escalated into more and more people wanting me to paint for them. And then when I decided to retire out of my full-time career, uh, I just got busier and busier and started hiring people and it just took off from there. Now, about how many people work with you now? Well, I no longer have employees. I have subcontractors. Okay. Yeah, I'm in my third phase of the business, which is where I have qualified contractors that do my painting. And boy, are they good. And you've done some painting for us, actually. This wall right here that I'm looking at in our uh, studio. We, you've also come to our house, painted. Yeah. You painted my uh, my mom and dad's house, uh, a room right. in their house. So. That's right. That was nice. Yes, and the work is meticulous. That's on your website, which uh, I also kind of put together. Which as well. you do, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> but tell me about some of the projects that you've done over the past few years. Well, one thing that we're a big advocate in is giving back to the community that gives to us. We have a number of projects in Muncie as I'm driving around and I see something. If I have to put a blinder up because it looks terrible (laughs) and it's a not-for-profit or it's a business that just really can't afford to hire a professional painter, we'll do it for free. Mm -hmm. And I can't promise that to everybody, but we try to find one or two things here in town. We've done the Muncie Legion. We've done the Muncie Animal Shelter. We've done business in ARF. That's one thing that we're big in. And we just do apartment complexes. We do some business in Yorktown area, high-end residential. We don't like to do rentals per se. That's a whole different category and that's that's where they come in slap some paint on the wall yeah, and get out. Yeah, that's not really us. I mean we're we're a painter that you would want in your home. Okay. And uh, we're just I've very had you partic- in my home. Yeah, so, well, yeah. you have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're we're just real particular, and I'm very particular, so that's the way that works. Do you have any projects that really stand out in your mind that you're like, that was neat, that was that was something else? Well, we've done some home. We did an exterior home in Yorktown. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, one once a year we pick a house that we believe has the largest transformation from beginning to end. And one house in particular in Yorktown, it's on New York Avenue. It was a little white house, little little two-story home that we painted this real pretty blue, and then we outlined it with, with like a coral color. And they're from Florida, so they wanted a beachy theme. And, I mean, just the transformation was just incredible. Then we did another home. We did a 1920s home in Newcastle, and it was just a plain two-story white house with black shutters. I told him to take those shutters off. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this. I mean, some people like shutters, and that's fine, but they're really not popular anymore unless they're the, the batten the batten wood shutters. Those are pretty popular to the cedar. But this home in, in Newcastle 
We took it from white to this real neat turquoise greenish blue, like a light color. And then he bought brand new cedar board and batten shutters for it. And oh my gosh. The Big house, transformation. Oh, it's just gorgeous now. Just gorgeous. That stands out pretty good. Well, let's go back to the beginning. So are you a Munsonian or where are you from? Well, I think I am now. I've, I'm actually from Columbus, Ohio, born and raised okay. there. Moved to Kokomo, left that lifestyle. Then I came over to Muncie. So I've been in Muncie about 24 years now. This is home for sure. Okay. Now, when I first met you, I believe you were working in radio. So tell me about your career path over the years. Okay. Where okay. where did it start from? Like, uh, where'd you go to high school at? Well, I went to high school, Columbus North, okay. Columbus, Ohio, born and raised there. Then I went to school, went to Indiana Wesleyan, and then went to Ivy Tech Community College, kind of a combination, a hodgepodge of stuff to get my degree. Then I started in radio in Kokomo. Okay. And I did that for 10 years as a sales manager, started as a salesperson and then advanced to sales manager. Then I moved to Muncie and went to work for WLBC, and that mm -hmm. was fun until it wasn't anymore. <laughs> but I was That's the way radio is. Yeah. It, it's, it's fun, and then but, you've got to change. <laughs> and I worked for WLBC for 10 years as, as a salesperson and a sales manager. And then I made a quick jaunt down to Newcastle to WMDH or Nash FM. Yeah. And worked there for four years. And I worked there in the mid-90s in WMDH, oh, I didn't Nash know FM. Oh, it wasn't wow. Nash FM back then. It was WMDH. Oh. From 1994 to uh, 1998, Bob Richards hired me. Oh, boy. If you remember him. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Todd Miracle convinced me to go down to Newcastle. So Interesting. Yeah, that was a good stint down there. And then, uh, and then all this time I've been painting. And then I decided to leave to, uh, Nash FM in Newcastle. And I sold for a, a work apparel company, and that was kind of interesting. Sold Carhartts and Dickies, and because I knew a lot of people, so I yeah. did that for a while. And then that that just didn't work out for them. They couldn't keep up with my sales. I tried to <laughs> you tried like, to outsell. You're them. not supplying my customers. And anyway, <laughs> so then so then I thought, you know, I'm going to take a month sabbatical, Matt. I'm just gonna I'm gonna stop, and I I'm too young to retire. I'm just gonna take some time. It was summer. And try to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Okay. And near the end of that month, I got three phone calls for three big painting jobs, and it's just me. And I thought, you know what? You love to paint. Just build a company. You know a lot of people. You know how to market. You know how to sell. You know how to sales. And you, you got, you know, how to paint. You know how to hire. You know how to train. I had just had all the elements to put a business together, so that's what I did. And like you said, you're in phase three now. So what what was phase one? What was phase two? Phase what did that look like? Phase one was a business plan to figure out how this was all going to work and how, okay. you know, what kind of company that I wanted to build, which is, is I wanted to be different. Different in the fact that I researched a lot of the painting companies in town and, and there are some good ones mm -hmm. and there are some that are not so good. There wasn't enough good ones. So I wanted to build a company that was very professional that you could have in your home, not be afraid to leave your your medicines out or your money out or anything. You could have me in your home and be, it'd be, it, you wouldn't be afraid to have me in and to hire the highest quality painters that I could possibly find. And that's what I've done also. You know, it, it just escalates into transitioning into that went good for a long time, for about mm -hmm. seven years now I've been doing that. Now I'm into the phase where I want to do the contractor thing. Right. Having employees was wonderful, but it just got, it started like any business. It got to be a little bit of a babysitting job. And there, there'd be times that somebody couldn't, couldn't work. They were ill and that sort mm -hmm. of thing. So 
it got to be frustrating in that fact that I just can't, I can't continue to do that part. So I looked into being a contractor, like a contractor that would build buildings or homes or whatever. Right. As a painting company. And that's where we're at now with, I've got three contracting crews and I'm going to hire two more. And like I said, they're very, very good and they're very trustworthy. You'd want them in their home. They're interviewed. My interviews are very, very stringent. If I don't like you, you don't work for me. And if you're not good, you don't work for me. And if you're not clean cut and you're not trustworthy, you don't work for me. So that's the way that. <laughs> okay. Does that, that answer your question? That though? answers my question. Now, okay. now tell me about the pandemic. Uh, businesses uh, here, there, and everywhere, they either had really good years during the pandemic or it, they were down years. How, how oh. was the painting industry? You know what? I, I hate to say that I love the pandemic, but I did. Because everybody went home, everybody right? Everybody was at home and everybody was looking at their walls. <laughs> everybody was working outside and looking at their house and looking at their deck and looking at their garage, we were up 30% in 2020. Okay. That makes we, a lot of sense to me. And we took a lot of provisions to work inside people's homes. We would plan it to where they wouldn't be home. We would do it during the day. They would stay away. We never we, we met with them outside to do the contracting and the quotes and that sort of stuff. And then they would be away, and then we would disinfect every surface that we ever touched. We, wouldn't, we would eliminate touching surfaces if we could. We wore masks. All my employees have to be vaccinated we made sure that that was good and it is the same now but pandemic was great for us we did a lot of it more outside than we had ever done because we could work outside safely with people in the house i mean we were just away from them now i remember when i believe when you first started you wanted to be interior only so have Mm -hmm. have you moved to exterior painting or is that uh oh yeah exterior painting we don't want to do we don't do high rises we're getting away from that we don't want to be a commercial grade painter okay is that one or two stories and that's it uh, two stories is fine but we okay. won't go up to three where we have to get a big lift and that sort of thing those are okay. those for the commercial grade boys we leave that work for them well good good <laughs> <laughs> i'm not a fan of heights so i i, I get where no, you're coming not from either. six foot ladder and that's about it but dex uh i know you were doing some power washing is that still a thing or not pressure washing absolutely we do that in conjunction with painting or deck staining we wouldn't just come out and pressure wash your home and give it a bath. There are people that do that in town. Yeah, we'll but... let them have that business, but we have to clean before we paint outside. So yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. So at one point, I know that you wrote a book. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the book and what that was and how that came about. Well, oh boy, that's a loaded question, Matt. I'll try to give you the Reader's <laughs> Digest version. Okay. I lived in Kokomo. Was married, two children, and that was that was great at the time. Then I decided to transition without going into too much detail to be who I am, Mm -hmm. emotionally, psychologically, and sexually. My counselor suggested that I I do a a diary and just kind of write some notes. It makes me feel better to transition into a new life. And I started doing that. And it ended up into a book because my diary was, was really about how to leave an unhappy marriage with children without hurting them. Mm-hmm. If that's, it, I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but that was what my diary was about, and that's what, that's what I did with my life when I moved from Kokomo to Muncie. I wanted to make a point of making sure my children were fine because I wanted to leave them with their father. Two boys, I didn't want to pull my boys away into a whole other lifestyle, my new mm-hmm. lifestyle, who I really am, 
away from their friends and their home and their dad and all that sort of stuff. So the book just kind of transpired from that was to, just to teach, help people to be able to realize that it's okay to leave your, leave your husband that you don't love anymore or that treats you bad and your children and not feel bad about it and make sure they're taken care of. So that's really how the book transpired. That's awesome. Tell me a little bit about your current partner, where you have a little business with her. Yes, yes. Tammy, uh, my wife, we now have a new business called Just Cats Pet Sitting. Yeah. We have five fur baby cat, cat babies, so we love kitties. And uh, yeah, she started that last year, and she's actually just finished her first job, and that was fun. We did a, awesome. we did a babysitting job for some fur babies. And what's a little bit different about our, our cat setting business is... We don't just come and change litter boxes and feed them and, you know, that sort of stuff. I mean, we check everything. We make sure that they're okay. If you've got kitties that hide, we, we try to find them and see, make sure they're okay, look underneath beds, that sort of stuff. Have the homeowner tell us where they're hiding. And we'll also feed uh, feral cats to put food and water out. We'll do that as well. We'll bring in your mail. We'll bring in packages. We'll water flowers, check the property. We text pictures of the kitties, what kitty or kitties, while we're there, and let you know that everything's fine, and we'll take pictures and text you while you're on vacation. So, yeah, I mean, we're just, we're the whole, make sure everything is cool in addition to your fur babies, and we play with them too. The whole cat and caboodle. Old cat and caboodle. <laughs> I like that. that. I should have named it. That's a good business name. <laughs> All right, now I've got a few questions for you. This is the lightning round. So, what's your favorite band or artist? Oh, Loverboy. I like Loverboy. Loverboy. Now, they're coming in concert this next year. They were in Muncie, too. Yeah. When? Yeah, I came downtown when they were in Muncie. That was cool. But yeah, I like Loverboy. You play that song, Turn Me Loose, and I'm up on the dance floor. (laughs) Tammy says, oh, boy, here she goes. And I I dance at home when nobody's watching, too. So Yeah, I believe they're coming in concert this uh, summer with um, uh, basically Sammy Hagar and... uh, Kind of a Van Halen tribute uh, mm. thing going on with him, so mm. I'm going to that concert. And I like any R and B, R and B, R and B, boogie down, dancey music. Uh huh. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Oh, early bird for sure. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. your favorite book? Well, I'm reading a book called uh, "The Art of the Start," and okay. it's by a guy by the name of Guy. I, I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce it right. Kawasaki. It sounds like the motorcycle, but yeah. It's an interesting book. It's a book that Tammy had, and it's been sitting around forever. And I thought, you know, I'm going to pull it out and read it. But it's it's about starting anything, uh, business. Not just a business, but anything. Anything about a business or a not-for-profit or something like that. But I'm learning some stuff. And one thing that I'm learning out of the book is I need to change my mission statement. Okay. My mission statement is too generic. So, so you got to get more specific with it. I'm working on that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite movie? Uh, Independence Day. Okay, Will Smith and the oh, whole blow up. Oh, and... Independence Day, hands down, one of my favorite. That's, that's love funny. that movie. That's awesome. Have you ever met anyone famous? No. Um, jo- is it Josh Turner? Yeah. Yeah. Country singer. Yeah. Didn't he play for the Colts or something? Oh. Somebody, somebody did. Who's the guy that played for the Colts? That's a country singer. I'm he not was sure. Down in, he was down in Newcastle. Did a concert. I don't know, but. As 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 close as you've got. Any other country music stars because you were working in that no, arena? Uh-uh, okay. No. I met uh, Lori White. Yeah, she didn't have a half a thumb. But anyway, she was with Alan Jackson one year. Oh. When I worked at the radio station, 
went yeah. down to Andy and uh, got to meet her in the tent. So anyway, <laughs> do you have any hidden talents? Mm. Cat whisperer, but other than that, I I have a lot of talents, Matt. Actually, <laughs> actually, I do for a woman only because out of necessity. Um, I can put on siding. I can roof a house. I can put gutters up. Uh, I know how to do plumbing. I know how to do electric. Uh, kind of a, I'm kind of like I the have to do stuff. I'm your handy woman, <laughs> for lack of better words. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. And do you sing in the shower? No, but I talk. You talk shower. in the shower? Yeah, I talk to myself. Okay. I might say something. I'd be careful to make sure the door's closed. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being our guest today. Really well, appreciate you coming in. Well, you're welcome, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. You have a fabulous new year and everyone else too. We just got back from a trip. We went on a trip. Where'd we go? We went to the Dominican Republic. That's right. Punta Cana. Punta Cana. Am yes. I saying that right? Yes. Big I resort. I was there all now. week, but. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you wouldn't know it, dear. <laughs> now, of course, we could tell you all about the great times and everything that we had there, but we really wanted to right. start off by telling you about the way home. Yes, because the rest of the trip was fabulous, amazing, wonderful, and we will recap that probably on the next episode. But while this is fresh in our minds, and it's probably a very exciting experience that not a lot of people, hopefully, have had happen to them, we thought we would recount it. So it's Tuesday. Um, we get up, we have breakfast. We pack, pack, we even like lay by the pool for a little while, get a taxi, go to the airport. Planes leaves at like 3.30 or something, right? Yes, 3.30. Yep, we're going from Punta Cana yep. to Miami and then on from Miami to Indy. Now we're expected to be, be home or back in Indianapolis at... What, maybe 10 or 11? 10 or 11, somewhere, somewhere in there. Late, okay. late, but not too late. And we're like, all right, cool. Exactly. And then we got, and then we got home. an it's hour and a half drive to get back to home. To get back home, home and home. all of that. So, fine. We knew it was going to be a late night. So, we get on the plane. Nothing abnormal. We actually have great seats. We are like, you know, where first class is. Yeah, just four rows Four back. rows of first class and then us. So, we're like, great, we're at the front of the plane, this is awesome, you know, we've got extra leg room, because first class is in front of us and everything, it's great. So, we're going, not a big deal. Probably about, about an, an hour yeah, into an the hour flight. an hour into the flight, or and about an hour away from Miami, because it's about halfway or whatever, all of a sudden there's some commotion happening. Yes, so these two big guys are basically hauling this... Uh, Dragging older, this dude. <laughs> older gentleman up towards the front, okay, and he is dead weight. Like he is not moving yep. at all. They are they're getting him up there and uh, talking with the, the flight attendants flight and attendant. everybody. Almost yeah. called her stewardess. They, we don't call him that anymore. Husband, <laughs> come on, get, get right, it together, flight attendants. Uh, anyway, they they say him in the jump seat, which is right behind the uh, cockpit there, where usually the flight attendant sits. Yeah, have him there for just a few seconds, really, and then they move him onto the floor. As they're doing that, I get a glimpse of the guy's face. Yeah. It's gray. Now, you're on the aisle. So you've I'm got on the like aisle. I can see everything. seat to this whole situation. So his face is gray. And I'm like, oh, no. That does not look good. That doesn't look good. We're, this is going to take a while. We've got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so they start doing chest compressions. Yes. And 
And they CPR. run up and down the aisles and they're pulling things from we here, there, and everywhere. We saw every single compartment where they store emergency gear. Like, you know, you never you never see that stuff, but they got oxygen out. They got the defibrillator. They had like a stethoscope and like blood pressure, blood pressure cuffs. Cuff. I mean, they had everything. And of course we had two people come up. They were like, hey, I'm one was a nurse and one was like a neurologist. So they came but, up and helped. But she knew CPR. Yeah, and she knew CPR and, and everything. So they got up and helped and they're doing chest compressions on this guy for what? 40 minutes. 40 minutes. At least. Until we land. Yes. Yeah. So as as we're landing, I'm like, oh, wow, the sun's going down. It's beautiful outside. We, we uh, taxi on the runway up to the gate. And then I start to realize... We're not in Miami. This doesn't look like Miami. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't look like America. What is happening? And I check my phone with the app and everything. Looks like we got diverted and rerouted to the Bahamas. So we're in the Bahamas. <laughs> <laughs> They're working on this job right. still. They bring the on the crew. They have got a fire truck and all that kind of stuff outside. EMS, EMS people. They come in. They start working on the guy. I mean, they worked on him. Like The two gals did great, and they pushed as hard as they could and everything. But they had this guy come up. He was and a he big just, old dude. Woof, woof, woof. <laughs> he was whomping on this guy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I would hate to be that guy because. Well, he earned his heavenly wings that day. That's right. We heard some rumors in the back. He might have been a priest. Uh, he was looking for his inhaler. He uh, was feeling good when he got on, but then everything went south. So we don't really know what happened to this gentleman, but. We know he expired right in front of our eyes. Yes, right in front of us. <laughs> it was crazy. And we think his name might have been Jim. So that's what we've been calling yes, him. Yes, his buddy at the right before we touched down came came from the back. He didn't know what was going on because it's a plane and like right. well, the if flight you if you're not on the aisle four rows back, you don't know what's going well, on. Well, and the flight attendants I knew what were was going on. concentrating on the situation at hand, not letting the rest of us know what's so going on. So this other gentleman who knew the the other guy, he came up there and I thought I heard Jim. I don't know if that's true or not, but he was like, damn it, Jim, come on. We're going to call him Jim. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, so Jim did not make it through that flight. No, and that's very sad. Like, it is sad. Don't get us wrong or anything and like that. We, we had girls crying in the bathroom, the people who were in his, his oh, row, seatmates. Don't mates go that far that. yet. We've no, got to no, no. get to the bathroom. That's true. We haven't gotten because, that far yet. Because, uh, of course, uh, the so EMTs. So the EMTs come on. They work on them for another half an hour and, and stuff. And they finally call it. They bring up the blue tarp. It's over. That part's over. Well, then they're like, hey, we're in the Bahamas. And since we're in the Bahamas, we have to go by Bahamian. Is that how you say it? Bahamian rules. We have to go by the Bahama law, the law of the Bahamas. And their laws say that if an aircraft touches down in their airport airspace and there's a situation, then they have to do an investigation to make sure everything was copacetic and all that kind of stuff. So we need everybody to get off this plane. And go into the airport while they finish while they do their investigation. And they're gonna put us they're gonna in put a us in a secure, secure location. We're like, what does that mean? So we all get off of the we go out the back of the plane, because the front of the plane has yeah. a dead body. So we go out the back of the plane, down the little metal janky stairs, roll away stairs, and then walk across the tarmac <laughs> and into and the into the airport. airport. So they kind of put us in a place where they're it's like we're a normal like gate of the airport would be, you know, yeah. where all the rows of chairs and all But stuff. it's closed off. Yeah, there are glass walls that go up probably 10 feet high. And then above that is like chain link fence that goes to the ceiling. So it is secure. You cannot leave. 
They would not let us leave. We stayed in that glass box. I called it a containment unit. <laughs> when I got a little grumpier, I might have called it um, an internment camp or, or a, detention. Guan- a detention center or Guantanamo Bay. I don't know. Because <laughs> I, I... we were close enough to that. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> so we're there for a while, and then they come on the intercom, and they're like, hey, the flight crew that brought us over, their time has expired. They can't. Right. They can't, they can't go fly on. anymore. They they are off the clock. Plus, also, they did just do chest compressions for a half an hour and saw they a guy that die. So they so let them like, go back home. So they're like, well, we're going to have a uh, flight crew from Miami come in to the airport, get on the plane. We'll all be out of here. Maybe an hour and a half, Maybe we're not. thinking, two hours, yeah. something like that. They're like, if they're coming from Miami. The flight's 45 minutes. It shouldn't be a big deal. We should be out, out, out in an hour, maybe two. We're like, okay, fine. Then we're waiting around. And oh, waited. and this whole time they've given us water? No, they haven't given us water oh, up until that point. Yeah. So we were there an hour without water or anything. Then they were like, hey, you could have water. You can have the chips. Cookies. Not chips, but the, the pretzels. Pretzels or cookies. So the little biscottis that they give you. Yeah. So all the airplane stuff they have on the airplane is what they're giving us, which fine, an hour in, whatever. It's fine. So we are sitting there. We're like, all right, fine. We're waiting, waiting. Because as and there were some people being getting grumpy over there to the side, and I'm like, listen here, Jim. <laughs> you didn't say a word. No, You're I said it to saying... me, and I said it to you. I did not say it to anybody, but in my head, I'm like, listen here, Jim died. Everybody, calm, calm, calm down, man. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> but whatever. So we're sitting there, and then they come on the airplane or the intercom and say, okay, well, it's going to take longer than we thought because. President Joe Biden is in Miami, Miami. and, and they he have, has closed the airspace. They have closed the entire airspace for all of Miami until he leaves. And we're like, huh, okay. And of course, half of the people in there are like, oh, Biden. And then <laughs> <laughs> it would have been the same way if it was Trump or whatever. It's fine. Oh, yeah. But yeah. But yeah, the airspace was closed. He was in for a, a fundraising Thing, thing or something. And yeah, it delayed our flight crew to get there, which delays us from going anywhere. Right. So, so we sit there. We sit there. And we sit there. And we sit there. And it <laughs> is cold. Now, I, if you know me, I'm never cold. I'm always hot. It was so cold in there. I was sitting on the floor shivering because I was freezing to death. She was in the Bahamas with a jacket on, freezing to Freezing. Death. I had a sweatshirt and a jacket on. I was so cold. <laughs> I was so cold that I just got up and started like pacing up and down the this containment unit wherever we were so oh and they wouldn't let us leave because like we couldn't we well, couldn't yeah. clear customs we didn't have visas we weren't supposed to be in the bahamas so we're kind of like in no man's land at that point like nobody claimed us or whatever so it was crazy anyway how long did we end up staying there so we were there just about five hours five hours <laughs> five hours with biscotti and pretzels and water <laughs> So the flight crew got there. We got on the plane. When the flight, when crew, the flight got crew got there, came we all in, clapped. We, everybody clapped. It now, was we fun. also clapped when we were on the plane, and the nurses got done. They called it. We were getting off the plane. Yeah, they went back, they to, went their back to their seats, and we all clapped for them, which I think is the only acceptable time to clap on an airplane is if someone just went through heroic measures like that, not just for regular landings and stuff like that. That's dumb. Anyway. That's so our, dumb? Have you ever been through real turbulence? Like, oh, that's part of my story coming up. Well, that'll come up in a minute. Yes. All right. So, so five hours later, they're like, okay, we've got a plane. It's midnight at this point. So we get on our plane. 
We fly over to Miami. It was a short trip. It was like 30 <laughs> minutes. It was the shortest trip I've ever been on. But I could have swam there faster, I feel like. We missed every connection, of course, that you could oh, possibly Oh, everybody make. on the entire plane lost their, missed their connection. And this airport is like, hey, let's park you at the furthest point away from the ticket counter. Uh, so we had right. to walk, walk, Because generally walk. speaking... We almost got lost once, well, and then true. we kept walking. Generally walking, speaking, walking. when you land... You're not going back to the ticket counter. You're going to wherever your connecting flight is. Plus, Miami Airport is huge. So we walk, and we walk, and we walk. And it's like this whole line of like 200 people trying to figure out where the heck they're going. And so we finally find the ticket counter. They rebook us for flights for the next day. 3.30 to Indianapolis the next day, the Wednesday. The next day. 3.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> yes. So we got lucky, though, because they gave us a voucher for... They gave us a... They put us up in a hotel. They gave us basically. a hotel voucher. They gave us food vouchers for the next day. They were like, "Here's a shuttle that'll take you to the to the to the hotel." We're like, "Great, fabulous!" So then, us and two hundred of our closest friends, <laughs> all try to get on I'll the try bus. to get on the shuttle bus. <laughs> and I, Matt, and I were like the last ones on. I'm like, "There's no way we're gonna fit on here." But also, I'm not waiting around for another shuttle because so I, I want asked to the go. guy, "I'm like, can we stand up?" And he's like. Yeah, sure. He Whatever. didn't care. So we're standing up in, in the shuttle. Me, you, and one other guy in the back are standing up, holding on for dear life. And we kind of joked with our rest of our people in the in the shuttle. We're like, if I fall in your lap, I'm sorry, but I feel like we've all become family. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, we all have become family. Because, <laughs> you know, we had... 200 people in there, yeah, and we had kids and babies and toddlers, and everybody was really well-behaved. Except for those three people that were... Those three grumpy people, ah! they needed to get it together. <laughs> but everybody else was good. Even the ki- the kids were playing Uno and having a good time. Dads were, like, chasing their little babies around. Like, it was not... And then we'd chat with our, pe- our neighbors across the hall and everything. It was good. Anyway, it was good. We finally made it home. No. Well, no. We we did finally make it home, so we got on the plane the next day, three thirty. We're going to Indianapolis. I tell you what, we had the worst turbulence I've uh, been through. I think. Uh, we did. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I and was watching it... the movie The Martian with oh, uh, yeah. Matt Damon. Matt Damon, and yeah, uh, it was like I had to stop watching. It was like I was on the spaceship with it. <laughs> <laughs> I had to stop watching the entertainment because it was making me a little nauseous. So, um, so we got. It was really funny. We were cruising above the clouds, right? Yeah. Bright, sunshiny, beautiful. We go, we're beginning our descent into Indianapolis. We go through the clouds. It's just gray. Just gray and <laughs> gross. Like, welcome back to Indiana. So we get home. Or no, we don't get home. We get to the airport. We touch down. We, we, we get, get our there. car. We get on the way. And then what? Then we well, say, I'm so glad we're back in the United States, where... Oh, yeah, we're very thankful, <laughs> and I'm like, man, I'm just glad we don't have to stand in any more lines. Because the last two days, it's all we did was stand in line with 200 other people. <laughs> just standing in lines. And then we start cruising home. I'm on uh, 70. I'm going 70, whatever, you Right, know, just cruising speeding along. Speeding along, and uh, parking lot from pretty much Knightstown to when we turned off on <laughs> Wilbur Wright Road to get was. back to farmland. Oh, my God. It put an hour, an extra onto hour onto our, our trip, drive. which at that point, whatever, we'd already stayed in the Bahamas for five hours. So what's an extra hour? But like, all we wanted to do was go home. So we got home at 9 p.m., right around 9 p.m. on Wednesday evening. Yes. When we left the hotel Tuesday, Tuesday at noon. Yes. And we were glad to be back home. Mm-hmm. 
Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at GoneBoss.com or hashtag GoneBoss. We're on Instagram at GoneBoss2K or you can find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Have a great rest of your day and don't forget to tune in next week to find out who has Gone, gone Boss. boss.